Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. Due to tonight being Tisha B'Av, this will be a special program about Tisha B'Av. The root and antidote to loneliness. We just read tonight Echa, the Book of Lamentations, authored by Yirmiyahu, the prophet Jeremiah. The Book of Lamentations, where Yirmiyahu laments what he sees, the destruction. Of all the things he begins with is the loneliness. He begins, Eicha Yoshva Bodod. How she sits alone. Oh, alas. Oh, how? How is it possible that she sits alone? And he continues, Ha'ir Rabosi Om. The city that was great with people, Hoysa Kalmona, has become like a widow. So the obvious question that jumps out at us is the destruction of the temple was much more than just the loneliness of the city of Jerusalem or the loneliness of the people and their solitude. It was the destruction of the holy temple, the place that was the interface that connected God with existence. That is should be the opening of the great tragic events of Tisha B'Av. The killing of so many Jews, the expulsion, the beginning of a harsh and bitter gullus. But of all things Yermiyahu decides to focus on, to begin with, is the loneliness. Why? Echa has an interpretation called Echa Rabba. Medrash Rabba Anecha. It actually is quite extensive, the commentary of the Medrash, the Medrash on Echa. And in Echa Rabba itself, there's an introduction that the different sages expounded on ideas that, so to speak, introduce the lamentations of Yirmiyahu. So right at the beginning of Echa Rabba, section 4, he quotes and says, Rabavu Posach. And he compares Echa to another time that the word Echa is used, but pronounced differently, the first time ever in the beginning of Chumash. Where? That after Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge. And they hid from God's presence, and God comes into Gan Eden, and he says, and Nebuchadnezzar says, Vayemeloi Ayeka. Hashem says to Adam, Ayeka, where are you? The same letters, Echa Ayeka, where are you? And the Medrash equates the two. Now, in both cases, we're talking about a betrayal, the betrayal of Adam, of man against God, as it is here, the destruction of the temple was also a betrayal. 
due to the sins that caused the destruction. So that has something in common. But what is the significance of this comparison of Echo to Ayeko? So within this connection, we find tremendous lessons in the depth and the meaning of Tishabov. And not just in the negative part, but also the solution, the antidote. When other machava were created and put into the Garden of Eden, they were created, Yitzir Kapov Shalakosh Baruch They were created in the divine image, Tselem Alekim, the handiwork of God, God's human being, Neshama Shen Satabi, V'yipach Ba'ap of Nishmas Chaim, that God instilled into them, Zochav and Nekeva Baraisam, a soul, he breathed his very essence into the human being. So you could imagine the whole world was the entire world was created by the cosmic engineer and aligned with how God wanted it to be, like he said every day. He looked at what he created and saw that it was good, or even a double good. When it came to human being, on Friday it was a double good, because this is the crown jewel of creation. The human being created in the divine image with a mission. The mission to bring godliness into this world. To serve and protect and make the garden flourish. Like it says in the, in the Mepharshim, the 248 positive mitzvahs, protect against the 365 negative. Like a garden, you have to plant it, you have to sow, you have to water it, nurture it, but you also have to protect it against weeds, and negative things. Essentially, the work that we have in this material world to transform it into a garden for God, a gan elikim, a divine garden, a divine home. Sometimes referred to as like the Mishkan, build for me a sanctuary and I will dwell among you. Now that means both in the Beis Amigdosh and of course in the broader sense within the hearts and souls of each one of us. And by extension, the entire world becoming a home for God. All good, right? However, Hashem made it a little difficult. He tempted them. We also have an evil inclination in the person of the serpent who challenges them and tells them, one second, God said, eat from all the tree, but not this one, why not? And ultimately, they eat from the tree of knowledge. What happened when they eat from the tree of knowledge? The first transgression. They betrayed themselves and they betrayed God. They wandered away from the purpose of their existence. Think of a machine that's created to be aligned with the way the engineer wants it to be. Everything is good. This is what you should do with the machine. This is what you shouldn't do. But then you do something that you're told not to do. And then suddenly the machine is no longer working exactly aligned. What happened was... The independent consciousness of Adam Machava now separated itself. It separated itself from its divine purpose. So as long as they were aligned, beautiful, a seamless connection. Eight Sadas, they tasted from something they were told not to taste. 
And they, in an intimate way, das is from an, an intimate way. Das is compared to intimacy. They experienced it. It wasn't just a knowledge. They knew about it from reading a book or hearing about it. Because they also knew about the tree of knowledge of good and evil before they ate from it. But it's very different to know from a distance and then taste it. Once you taste from the forbidden fruit, everything changes. So now they're not aligned with the will and the mission of their creator. So Hashem comes and confronts. And what does he say? Where are you? The Balatanya, when he was in prison, and the minister saw what kind of great giant they had with them. So they were scholars. And they came to see him and interview him. And they wanted to pick his brain, so to speak. So one of them asked the Altar Rebbe, how do you explain? Why did God ask Adam Ayeko, where are you? He didn't know where he was. God, God is a He knows everything. He's all-knowing. Why did God not uh, have to ask him, where are you? So the, so the Alter Rebbe gave him the answer, the Balatanya gave him the answer from Rashi. He says, I know what Rashi says. I want to know what you say. So the story goes that the Alter Rebbe stood up and looked at him squarely in the eyes and said, this is a question that God asks Odom and the Odom, each one of us, every human being in history. You've lived so many, so many years. And he actually said the age of this minister. Was it 48, 49? I don't remember if we know exactly the age. You've lived 49 years. Where are you? Where do you stand? Are you living up to the calling, the mission I've given you? I don't recognize you. You know, sometimes you sit with someone and they'll be right near you and you say, where are you? Yes, physically you see them, but they're not with you. They're not present. Their heart, their soul, their mind is elsewhere. They're wandering. Where are you? I don't recognize the Tzalem Alakim. I created you for a purpose. You're my partner in creation. You've wandered away from your destiny, from your calling. Ayeko. And that's the beginning of the birth of existential separation. Everything about life is connection. We spend nine months in our mother's womb connected, attached, being nurtured. Both physically and spiritually, as the Talmud, the Gemara says, that you taught the entire Torah in your mother's womb. Well prepared. So when they cut the umbilical cord nine months later, you have had nine months of being submerged in the embryonic fluids, similar to the macrocosm of the world, that before the Abishta created the separation between heaven and between the, the, between the higher waters and the lower waters, Vayavdel, on second day two, everything was covered in water. A oneness prevailed. And then the separation happens. The child leaves the mother's womb, become, the mother's womb, the world becomes a separate world. It's still connected fundamentally. But as Chassidus explains, in the words of the Arizal, whose yard site is on the fifth of Av, which is also a magdim lefuh lamaka, preceding the illness comes the cure, and taught about the tzimtzum, the concealment, divine concealment, but it's not a fundamental concealment, it's only a concealment from our perspective, with the purpose of us revealing the divine and the divine connection, but it's all about connection. Mitzvah comes from the word tzavs of connection. Aveda comes from the word displacement, havara merishus l'rishus, you've moved away. So Hashem is asking Adam, you've moved away from your destiny, from your calling, Ayako. 
And that's the root, that was the first root of a certain separation, with the goal of reconnecting. So now let's go back to Eicha. You want to know the root of all loneliness? It begins with the first separation of Ayeka. If you don't know where you are, where you stand, where are you? Where is your identity? Often you ask somebody, who are you? They give you their business card. And I say to them, you're giving me your business card. That tells me what you do, not who you are. And sadly, someone will say, well, I've been doing this so long. Who I am has become what I do. When it should be the other way around. The captain should be telling the ship where to go, not the ship tells the captain where to go. The you, the you, the real you, the Tzalem Alekim should be telling the rest of you where you should go. Your arms and legs and your eyes and ears are a vehicle for your Neshama, for your Tzalem Alekim, for your divine image. But you can wander away. Ayeka. And then the Ayeka evolves. If you continue wandering to a point of, oh, how? How is it possible? The shock and disbelief. Woe. Alas, you can say. Eicha. The Ayeka becomes an Eicha. That you sit alone, you're alone. Eicha Yoshva Badad. So when we lose our essential identity, or at least awareness of our essential identity, that leads to Eicha. That's what the Medrash is saying. The Dubna Magid, in his commentary on Eicha Rabba, he gives an example for it, a long example in his classic way, of a father who bought for his son an inn, a store basically, and told him, this is an inn, you'll make a parnosa from it. You'll have people stay there. But make sure that nobody becomes a permanent, a permanent uh, resident. Because he was concerned someone will become a permanent resident, then they'll start feeling they have some ownership, and they'll start getting involved, and they'll manipulate their, his son and take control. The son was naive, didn't understand what his father was trying to preempt, and he let someone become a permanent uh, uh, um, resident. And, and indeed, that's what happened. He started taking control to the point that the son was losing control. When the father heard what happened, he said to him, Ayeko, where are you? Are you in control of this domain? He says, yes, I'm in control. Well, a little time passed. And then he said, whoa, oh, you sit alone. You're no longer in control. So it devolved from first, where are you? You're not there to be at the helm. You're not in control. And the next thing is, it leads to Eicha, the sadness of loneliness. Now, why loneliness? Because think of it on a very practical level. We all go through life difficulties and challenges. I mean, that's what Tisha B'Av represents. Not just the tragedies that happened back then, but every tragedy is all a result of that initial cosmic separation or cosmic disconnect, or concealment is the right word. And when we misunderstand it or we don't know how to deal with it and we don't reverse the process, it can lead to all other troubles. Remember, if every human being was connected with godliness, Hashem Echad, it wouldn't be possible for one human being to hurt another. It would not be possible to have sinas chinam, baseless hatred, which caused the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. It wouldn't be possible any injustice. All the holocausts and genocides and it would not be possible if God, godly presence was completely revealed. So it's all a result of a concealment. 
with the goal, as I said, to reveal. And when Mashiach comes, indeed, it will all become reunited and reconnected. But meanwhile, there is a separation. And on a personal microcosmic level, it's the separation of each of us from our own calling. When your material life is not connected to your spiritual life. When what you do is not aligned with the purpose of why you're here. What you do is not connected and aligned with who you are, who you truly are. There's a lack of, there's an ayeka. Where are you? So all the problems that come from that is essentially every challenge that we have in life. But it's one thing to have a challenge. It's another is to have the strength to deal with the challenge. And if you notice, you'll see. The people who are able to get through challenges because they don't feel completely alone. Loneliness, it can be worse than the initial problem. When tragedy strikes and there's some negative event that happens. So that's terrible. But if you have someone to lean on, if you have friends, if you have family, you have a loved one, you have community that supports you. So it doesn't take away from the negative tragedy, but it gives you the strength to fight. Even on a medical level, we know today, something which is obvious that the Torah always taught, but today even secular science recognizes the fact that you see a person, God forbid, is in a hospital. Two people. And one has visitors and guests and family and gifts and so on. And they have exactly the same issue. The other person lies alone in bed. No visitors, no guests, no gifts. Tell me, what will be the difference? So every doctor will acknowledge, everyone acknowledges. The person who has visitors, who has friends, support, it strengthens the, the will to, to live, the will to fight. It strengthens the immune system. And this isn't just psychological. It actually affects the person because they want, they have people that are there. They're not alone. But someone lies alone. The sadness of loneliness, of isolation, of solitude. Bodad is one of the worst possible things. You see in the Torah about Mitzayda, because you separated yourself from others by speaking Losh so you have to separate. It's one of the worst possible things when you feel alone. How often people will say, I could deal with it if I didn't, didn't feel so alone, but I feel alone. I don't feel anyone will understand me. I don't want to let anyone in. And that's what people do. They isolate themselves. So in difficult times, one of the things we do is either we feel no one will understand me or nobody, I don't want people to pity me or they'll, they'll think I'm a loser. We push people away. So Yermio is saying the first and most worst thing is the loneliness. Of course the Churban Beis Amigdosh. That Alakus went into, the godliness went into Golos, Shkinta Begalusa. And the destruction and the, the, and the killing and the, mur- and the expulsions. And all that came with it. But the loneliness is the worst thing because when you feel alone, you don't feel there's hope. If it weren't, we weren't so alone, we'd feel we can do something about it. We're to win it together. And that's what we need to battle because the loneliness indicates on the separation. And what's the antidote to loneliness? Connection, attachment. So even on Tisha B'Av, we mourn together. We cry together because that's how we rebuild. And that's indeed the whole story of the Beis Amigdash. Rebuilding the Beis Amigdash, if it was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam, because Hashem said, Barcheinu avinu kolonu k'echad. Our Father blesses us when we're all one. Unfortunately, when a family is separate, a house that is split, the Father says, I can't be there. I can't be there when my children are fighting with each other. How could there be v'shachanti b'seichem? How could I live peacefully with you when you're at war? Discord, divisiveness. 
So what's the antidote? Connection. When we reach out to each other. Avas chinom. Baseless love. Unconditional love. The connection we make to each other is the antidote to the Echa Yoshva Badat. And the root of that is connecting with yourself first. That you know who you are and that you are aligned. So the Ayeka is the solution to Echa. Is the root of the problem, but also the antidote, the solution to the problem. To reconnect to who you are. So on Tishabov, the question we have to ask ourselves is, who am I? Am I the businessman? Am I the, the worker? Am I a body that is eating and drinking and sleeping? Am I a friend? Am I a traveler? Am I a vacationer? These are all things we do. But who you are, you said in the morning. The Ebishta, you have given me, the soul you've given me is pure. And that then descends and goes, Ato Barosa has been created and then shaped. You protect it within me. But who am I? The pure soul. The Tzalem Elakim. Before we've wandered off, before there was a betrayal, before there was the Ayeka. So Ayeka, loss of your own inner identity and connecting it to your outer identity leads to loneliness. First of all, the loneliness of your own separation between your inner and your outer. And then the separation and the isolation and the loneliness of living and feeling the existential loneliness of existence itself. So though on one hand Tisha B'Av is a day of grieving, a day of mourning, and we sit on low stools and it's dark, darker, we dim the lights, but it's never an end in itself. That's just an awareness. It's a sensitivity to the ayeka and to the echa of our lives in order that we should do something about it. Because Yiddishkeit doesn't end with, a, with, with God forbid, at the end of, the, of a dark tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light within the tunnel. The whole reason for all of this is to elicit from us even deeper strengths, a deeper passion, a deeper love. Not just to go back to a state pre-Eicha, pre-Ayeka, but to a state where we connect with each other in the deepest possible way. And that's why indeed on Tisha B'Av itself, Mincha tomorrow, we will say Nachim. The Arizal explains why do you say Nachim? Because that's when Mashiach is born. The Medrash also tells us, also in Echarab, that a person was traveling in northern Israel and he came and he saw a farmer, an Arab farmer, who had a farm of cows. And he heard a cow moo. And the Arab farmer says, Oh, the cow has mooed. Your temple, the holy temple, was destroyed. It was Tishabov. Quite sad, quite tragic. But it didn't end there. The cow moved a second time. Gosa Parase a second time. And he said, Nelod, the Arab farmer of all people, said, Nelod Mashiach Shal Yisrael, Mashiach was born. In the throes, in the abyss, when the fires were at their highest, Mashiach is born. Because there's no such thing as, an, as a dark end as, as an, on its own. Tzimtzum B'Shvil HaGili, as the Arizal explains. The tzimtzum is in order afterwards there should be a revelation. It's not an end in itself concealment. So even when there is isolation and even when there's separation, 
The goal is to create deeper attachments. Today it's become very popular to talk about attachment disorder, where people get attached to the wrong things because they're lacking healthy attachments. Essentially, Ava and Echad are the same gematria. Oneness, Echad, the opposite of fragmentation, of separation, of Pirud, and Ava, the same gematria. Because love is about connection, and hate, and discord, and divisiveness is about separation. Separation from others, but also separation from yourself. So here we are in Tishabov, Tavshim Pei Beis. We're praying for the Geula Amitiz Vashlema, the card of Mamish. Mamish today when Mashiach is born. But we have to also see it as a wake-up call. That's why we cry. Not just to remember sadness in the past. Because like the Yerushalmi says, in any generation that has not, any generation has not rebuilt the base of Midas, it's as if they destroyed it. It's one thing we commemorate or we even try to repent and atone for our ancestors' crimes. But it was destroyed because of their crimes. Why are we considered? Because the Beis Amigdash is not just a building. It's, as I mentioned, a conduit, an interface between heaven and earth. Zeshara Shamayim, as Yaakov Avinu said. It's the gate to heaven. So every moment that we don't have, we have Ayeko and we're asked the question, where are you? where you're not aligned with your purpose, where the godliness is not manifest in your personal life, in your arms and legs and eyes and ears, in your home, in your workplace, in everything you do, in every encounter. So every moment that's not there, it's as if we destroyed the Beis Hamidosh, which is really telling us not to put blame on us, on the opt, exact opposite. It's to teach us our great responsibility. The whole world was created for you right now. You have the power to build a base amigdash of your own life. So when you take your physical life, whatever it may be, and you align it to its purpose, you're answering the call, the question, Ayeka, where am I? I'm one with you. I'm your agent in this world, we answer God. Yes, I'm not someone separate. I'm an extension. I'm a channel for godliness, for light, for beauty, for virtue, for warmth, that whoever you reach, whoever you touch, whoever you encounter, you bring a connection. Hashem Echad, V'haftas Hashem says the Sifri. It's not just you should love God, you should make God beloved. That whoever meets you and says, oh, here's a person, wow, this is a godly person, that makes me want to love God. We become the Kiddush Hashem, a walking, and talking Kiddush Hashem, a walking sanctification of God's name. In this, in this world. This is the call of Tishabov, The Ayeka Echa call. But not just to remember the negative part, but to remember Ayeka, where are you? I have an answer. My answer is I'm right here. I'm aligned with you. I'm your ambassador. I'm your shliach. I'm your messenger in this world, we say to Hashem. And that is the antidote and the solution to Echa, to woe, oh. The shock of being alone. A world of Hashem Echad, how is it possible for a person to be alone? None of us are alone. We're all connected, but we need to do something about it. This is the meaning and the call of Tisha B'Av. May each of us use this day to the fullest, ask ourselves the Echa Ayeko question, and have the right answer. And as a result, maybe, Yehovchi Yom Emeil L'Sosno L'Simcha L'Moedim Tevim, and the nailed Mashiach Shal Yisrael, 
the Mashiach should manifest in the Goli, first in the Nitzvot Mashiach, the spark of Mashiach in each one of us, as the Moir and Naim says. And through that, an extension, all the sparks joined together to Mashiach HaKloli, with the Binyan Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi, Bayis Nitzchi, an eternal building, Mikdash Adonai, Kainanu Yodecha. And it should be Bekar of Mamish today. This has been My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidasapplied.com for archived classes and more resources.